0: And now, my son, these interpreters were prepared that the word of God might be fulfilled. Alma chapter 37, verse 24. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, were Joseph Smith's translation instruments like the Israelite Urim and Thummim? When Joseph Smith was entrusted with the golden plates, he was also given a set of Nephite interpreters and a breastplate. Over the course of the Book of Mormon's translation, Joseph apparently made use of several different media, small stones or lenses, to enable his spiritual vision of the text. Initially, in 1828, he utilized the Nephite interpreters, which he described as two transparent stones set in the rim of a bow fastened to a breastplate. William Smith, Joseph's younger brother, was reported in 1921 as saying that the stones were connected to a rod. That could be attached to the breastplate and used like a pair of spectacles. For convenience, however, Joseph may soon have removed one of these stones from its holder and placed it in a hat, in order to shield it from ambient light as he looked upon it. On another occasion, he apparently used what has come to be called his seer stone. When the one hundred and sixteen pages of the Book of Lehi were lost in July, eighteen twenty eight, the plates, and the interpreters were taken back by the angel Moroni. But then in September 1828, Moroni returned them to Joseph. He commenced translating again in earnest, two days after Oliver Cowdery arrived on April 5, 1829. After the translation was finished, the plates and the interpreters were returned again to Moroni, who showed them to the three witnesses. In 1848, Oliver testified I beheld with my eyes and handled with my hands the gold plates from which it was translated. I also beheld the interpreters. That book is true. On August thirty-first, 1829, an article appeared in the Palmyra Freeman, reprinted in the Rochester Advertiser, apparently quoting Joseph Smith himself by placing the spectacles in a hat and looking into it. Smith could, he said so at least, interpret these characters. Joseph declined to explain the translation process except to say repeatedly that it was accomplished by the gift and power of God. Whatever the particular details may have been, it is clear that the breastplate and interpreters were linked artifacts and that they were prepared for the purpose of translation. Soon the early saints recognized that Joseph's translation instruments were similar to the Urim and Thummim from the Old Testament and they began to interchangeably refer to them by this biblical term. Joseph himself referred to them as the Urim and Thummim as early as 1836. Some may wonder, though, how closely and in what ways Joseph's New World artifacts were related to their Old World counterpart. As far as the Bible itself is concerned, there is clear evidence that the Urim and Thummim was associated with a ceremonial breastplate worn by the high priest in ancient Israel. From Exodus chapter 28, we learn that the Urim and Thummim was supposed to be put in a breastplate of judgment, and that it would be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord. Biblical scholar Cornelius Van Damme has argued that although the evidence isn't conclusive, there are good reasons to suspect that the breastplate was designed to provide a pouch in which the Urim and Thummim could be kept. This nicely corresponds with William's description that a pocket was prepared in the Nephite breastplate on the left side immediately over the heart. When not in use, the interpreters were placed in this pocket, the rod being of just the right length to allow it to be so deposited. Most biblical scholars over the past few centuries have believed that the Urim and Thummim was used merely to obtain a yes or no answer, similar to casting lots. Yet Van Damme has argued that there was something very lively and direct about the Urim and Thummim's revelatory process, and that prophetic inspiration is the only revelatory means that is known that can adequately account for the complexity and subtlety of some of the answers received. Similarly, Joseph Smith was able to receive detailed revelations from the Lord through the Nephite interpreters. Several early revelations in the Doctrine and Covenants were received in this manner. The terms Urim and Thummim possibly mean light and perfections. A number of sources indicate that the divine object to which they referred was associated with a sacred name, and that its revelatory power was facilitated by gemstones, light, and even illuminated letters. For instance, in discussing Exodus chapter 28, Targum Pseudo-Jonathan states, that you shall put into the breastplate the Urim, which illuminate their words and manifest the hidden things of the house of Israel. According to Van Damme, Raman suggested that certain letters of the breastpiece lit up, and that lighted letters would then need to be arranged correctly by the high priest. The Zohar took this notion a step further, mentioning that the face of the high priest shone if the luminous letters conveyed a favorable message. The interpretation of Urim and Thummim as shining, protruding letters is also found in Christian interpretation. These various understandings correspond well with the accounts of Joseph's translation method. When asked what appeared to Joseph Smith's view during the translation process, David Whitmer explained that Joseph would see what appeared like an oblong piece of parchment on which the hieroglyphics would appear, and also the translation in the English language, all appearing in bright luminous letters. On other occasions, he referred to them as letters of fire and said that the letters appeared on the stone in light. Joseph Knight said that words looked like bright Roman letters. There will likely continue to be scholarly debate about what the biblical Urim and Thummim was and how it functioned. Yet non LDS scholars such as Van Damme have fairly recently been reaching conclusions that strengthen the possible links between the Urim and Thummim and Joseph Smith's translation instruments. Joseph and the early Latter day Saints, therefore, were certainly not incorrect to make this association themselves. It should be noted, however, that Joseph's conception of a Urim and Thummim was fairly broad he taught that the place where God resides is a great Urim and Thummim, and that this earth in its sanctified and immortal state will be made like unto crystal, and will be a Urim and Thummim to the inhabitants who dwell thereon. Moreover, he said the white stone mentioned in Revelation 2 will become a Urim and Thummim to each individual who receives one, and a white stone is given to each of those who come into the celestial kingdom, whereon it is a new name written, which no man knoweth, save he that receiveth it. The new name is the key word. Thus, there is no reason to expect there to be a one-to-one relationship between every aspect of Joseph Smith's translation instruments and the biblical Urim and Thummim. Each was associated with gemstones, a breastplate, light, illuminating letters, a sacred name, and prophetic revelation. And yet the meaning of the name, the nature of the letters, the method of illumination, the features of the breastplate, the appearance of gemstones, and the specific revelations were all different. This shows how God often communicates to his prophets in similar, yet not exactly the same ways. As Nephi declared, God speaks unto men according to their language, according to their understanding. Alma prophesied that the Lord's servant would obtain a stone which shall shine forth in darkness, and that he would also obtain the Nephite interpreters which would bring forth ancient records out of darkness unto light. Surely this servant was Joseph Smith, who variously used the Nephite interpreters as well as a seer stone to translate the Book of Mormon by the gift and power of God. While Joseph's instruments were different in some respects with what is known about the Biblical Urim and Thummim, these sacred cousins are certainly similar enough to be called by the same name. Each of them helped the Word of God shine forth out of darkness, and come unto the knowledge of the people. Thank you for listening. To find out more, please visit bookofmormoncentral.org and then click on Know Why.